Thank you. Good morning, Lord's Love Church. I know it's quite different. Like this is what, what we've been in, what, three months now. Um, my church closed down, I think, mid-March. Um, it's been close to almost three months. And I still can't get used to um, worshiping online and through Zoom. It's so, it's so different, right? Um, but I'm really glad that I get, I get a chance to share with you. And, and I think this is the beautiful thing because for a while, um, I think myself along with a few pastors, I, I'm not sure if Doug and I talked about this, but I think we, we think that the church has jumped into uh, a comfortable mode where we're kind of like, um, we go to events and it's almost like Sunday morning has become an event. Uh, we go to worship service as, as an event, fellowship as an event. And then it's pretty much no different than a sports event. So for a while, personally, I was really wondering the resiliency of the church, how tough the church can be. Um, I really wonder if, if mega churches down to like smaller churches can really walk through COVID-19 like this when things are canceled, when we're not meeting anymore. Um, but I think for the past couple of months, it's been so beautiful to see that church was, was not canceled. And, and like even at the beginning, I know some folks like use the word like churches are canceled. And in my mind, I was like, uh, no, churches are not canceled. I'm so surprised. Um, but also not surprised at the same time. We've moved online. People still come to services. Um, we're still singing songs. I'm in my car right now. Um, if, if some of you guys don't know, if some of you guys are like, what? Um, yeah, I'm in my car preaching. And, and thank you um, to Amy for, for singing with us this morning. I'm in my car. And acoustically, this does not sound nice when, when I sing in my car, I hear my voice especially loud. And I'm like, oh my goodness, this is so awkward. But as, as, as Amy was leading us into, into the reflection songs this morning, that really helped posture my heart. Because no matter where we're gathered, whether that's online, whether most of you are in your living room uh, or in your bedroom or even in your kitchen, I think nothing can stop us from worshiping Jesus. And I think that's, that's a beautiful thing. I almost wanted to take a moment just to let you sink that in, that nothing stops us from worshiping Jesus. No COVID-19 is going to stop it. Nothing. We can gather. We don't even have to gather. Our Jesus still deserves all of our praise with all of our heart, even if it's a guitar. For a while, I was wondering if the church can actually be resilient because we've relied so much on lights, on the full band, on sound. Personally, my sound guys are always like, Andy, let's, let's tune that out. Let's cut the noise. And then so when we went online, I was like, oh my goodness, we can't do all that. Will we still be able to worship Jesus? That's ultimately our question. And I want us, us to look back into the book of Acts this morning, especially Acts chapter 2. I love this book. If you get a chance, please, after today, open the book of Acts. It will change your life. Read through like just how crazy the Spirit was in that during that time frame and how he's alive in this spirit of like the disciples, of the apostles. I really want to say thanks to, to Doug for reading out the word for us this morning. Because 
the apostles during this during this era, they were gathered together. And I look at us and I'm like, yeah, we can't gather together like the apostles. We can't. We all, we're almost like forced to move online. None of us were really able to gather in the past couple months, like physically. But I really appreciate that we can do this online. And, and I find it really beautiful that Jocelyn earlier was able to ask, hey, let's turn on the camera because this shouldn't stop the church. This should never have stopped the church. We can continue to interact. We can continue to fellowship. I love that you guys have a slide earlier about how there's going to be prayer at the end because that's essentially what we're doing as a church. We don't just go to events. We don't just go to worship services. We don't just go and listen to somebody sing and then everybody gathers, we break bread and then we go home. That's not it. This is what we're doing. We're, we're, we're collectively listening to the word of God. We're collectively serving each other, loving each other. We're going to, I'm going to give you a caveat though, before I begin like to dive deeper into our sermon today. Um, some of the things I'm going to talk about today, is not going to be comfortable for you. And I, and I know it because when I wrote it, when I was listening to the word of God, I was like, God, this is not comfortable. Even for me as a pastor, it's, it's, oh man, it's going to get like, it's going to get ugly. It's going to get messy, man. Nobody really wants to be called out, including myself. But for the past few months, I think while I was prepping, while I was reading the word of God, at times I see discrepancy. I see the differences between what we're doing and what scripture says we're supposed to do. So I'm going to ask, I'm going to try to be as gentle as I can today. But if, if, if there are parts where you feel uncomfortable today, I'm going to ask you, please take that grace. Be with the moment. Like, just take a moment to be with God. Like, you can even pause and just be like, Andy, you know what? I'm really uncomfortable right now in what you're going to talk about. And just be with God and just be like, God, like, I need, I need your grace right now. And it's hard because as pastors, I, I don't know if Doug tells you this, but sometimes as pastors, we're people that, we want you to like us to a certain extent. We want you to come to church. We want like, you know, those views, you know, even like right now I'm looking at the participants, you know, at times like those things affect us, right? Where, where it's like, Oh yeah, I, I, I want people to like us. So it's hard when you read the word of God and then God's like, Hey, like, like nudge them a little bit. In fact, use my word to pierce them a little bit. People got to wake up for a little bit. So this morning, I want to give you that caveat. And I'm going to ask before I dive deeper, I'm going to ask the spirit. I'm, I'm just going to pray one more time. I, I really need, I think we really need the spirit of God to, to be with us. And I, I got to like settle my heart because my heart is like racing right now. So join me as, as we pray once again, but take a pause at what you're doing and just close your eyes. I'm going to give you guys a few moments to slow down first, to just pause and now pray for us. God, I want to be as honest as I can. But God, I want to confess that I'm nervous. I'm nervous because we have to reflect upon your word. And your word sometimes pierces our heart. 
But God, I pray, I pray for your spirit to speak to us. I pray that you would meet us with truth, convict our hearts, but then also meet us with grace. For Jesus came as truth and grace. So God, would you speak to us? Let those words in the book of Acts not just be books that we read or scripture that we read written thousands of years ago. Let them dance in our heart and may it transform us and changes us the way that we do things in 2020, even in the midst of COVID-19, even as we step back into the new normal. God, may we move into a spirit of your disciple that will continue to transform your world, that will bring your kingdom to come and let your will be done. For God, we believe that when you were on the cross, you were already thinking of us, 2020, knowing that there will be COVID-19. So may the power of the cross truly triumph everything that we can encounter and will encounter. In Christ's most powerful name, we pray. Amen. Lord's Love Church, I, I really want you to know that, Doug, if, if he hasn't said it enough, we as pastors, we love you guys as people. Even though I don't get a chance to meet and, and see all of you on camera, but we tremendous, we love you guys tremendously. The amount of time um, Doug prays and think of you, the amount of time that he shares about his heart and his love for you. It's, it's really beautiful. So I do want to take this time to just say thanks to Doug. And please, guys, during this time, send him some notes. Um, you, think, you think being a Christian is hard during COVID-19 for the past three months? Try being a pastor for the past three months in COVID-19, where like no history of our like ever existing human planet, have we ever been in ministry like this? Like this is such a different time where pastors are like scrambling everywhere. I don't care if you're a senior pastor or how experienced you are. Um, pastors are scrambling everywhere to try to, okay, we got to figure this out. We got to go online. We got to figure out how to run service. How do we not stop church? How do we continue fellowship? So please give them some props. Do it on the chat, like even right now. Because if you don't do it right now, I know you're going to forget it. Um, send them love. Uh, bring them food and cookies. That's one of the sweetest thing I've experienced during COVID-19. People um, would just bring stuff to me. And I'd be like, oh, wow, that's so loving. Please do that for Doug. Continue to encourage him. Um, but first of all, let me start here. Personally, I love disruptions. That's who I am. Like personality-wise, I really like them. I remember as a kid, I grew up in Hong Kong. And Hong Kong used to have like typhoons and like crazy amount of windstorm. And they would categorize the windstorm by numbers like one, three, seven, and 10, I think, uh, from what I remember, with the, severe, the severity of the windstorm increasing as the numbers um, go up. But the great thing about that is whenever those disruption of typhoons come about, the TV anchor on the night before would announce it. And so when school is canceled because of these windstorms, my brother and I would be dancing in our living room. We'd be celebrating. I'd be like, party, no school tomorrow. And so 
personally, I kind of grew up with that mentality. So I love disruption. And then when, when my whole family and I moved to uh, Calgary, windstorm became a snowstorm. So regular classes would be canceled, dynamics would be changed, all the students would be so excited. And then we would play heads up, seven up, no more classes. And I would be like, yes. Um, it was a different interaction. Teachers were more relaxed, were more chill. Peers were more like lighthearted and easygoing. It was amazing. So I kind of grew up with, with that mentality. So personally, I love disruption. And so when COVID-19 came about like a couple months ago, I know the world was like really sad and, and like people were dying and I was really sad too. But at the same time, I was like, oh man, I love, I love this sh like stir up. I love this shape that the church has to be shaken up. It's, it's really sad that, that people are getting sick and people are dying. I, and I can't deny that. My heart was burning for, for people in our world. And then slowly it migrated over to Canada. But a part of me was, was so bittersweetly glad that the church was shaken up into this windstorm. And I want to say a few things about the church first before I dive into scripture. I think for a while, churches in Vancouver, the churches I've, I've led, the churches that I've been to for, for guest speaking, and for a while, churches have been really comfortable. We've been so settled into the rhythm of church. I don't know what you think of when you think of church, but I think of worship service. I think of fellowship. I think of small groups. But for a while, you and I have, have settled. This year is my eight years of being married now. Last year during the summer of, of uh, 2019, my wife one time said to me in the bedroom, Andy, um, I think we've settled now. And I was like, what do you mean by that? And she told me, um, I think we're like roommates sometimes. I'm like, what? Well, we are roommates like, because we share the same house. So like, you can't deny that. And she's like, no, no, that's not what I mean. We've, we've settled. We don't do any more, more like romantic things. Most of our rhythm of life is, is the same. You, you go to church, you serve, I go to work. We come home, we eat. And then we watch maybe one or two TV episodes. And then we chat for a little bit late at night. Sometimes we pray before we go to bed. Sometimes we don't. But that was such a wake-up call for me. And I think to, this, to a certain extent, the same principle can be applied to churches. I think churches have settled in the sense that we start treating services we start treating fellowships, small groups, our gathering as if it's just another event. It's just an event that we go every Sunday. The life of God really, yeah, is there a big difference? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. But when we go on vacation, we're like, oh, yeah, I don't mind missing like a week or two of church. That's okay. And the crazy thing is, it's not part of it's not your fault. Part of it is pastor like myself who give permission for 
yeah, that's okay. No worries. Yeah, if you miss, if you miss a week, that's fine. But church, this morning, when I read the book of Acts with you, I believe that Jesus and the first apostles, they weren't settling. They weren't settling into the sense of, you know what? Once a week, we'll go to church and then we'll check that mark off and then that's pretty much it. Or we'll go online and then, and then we're good. This morning, the book of Acts was talking about the idea of how the disciples, they met together every day. And I know we can't do that right now. But there are a couple of things I want you to pay attention, especially in verse 43 on. They start talk, the book of Acts start talking about how everyone was filled with awe and wonders. And these awe and wonders move them, move them into some crazy sacrificial elements that they started practicing. It says, verse 44, that all the believers were together and had everything in common. Now, that's not, that's not too, too crazy because we gather together like them every Sunday. But the crazy, crazy part is in verse 45, the next thing that they mention, they sold property and possessions and give to anyone who had need. Now, this part, I think it's outrageously crazy. I think it's crazy because they wrote down, they sold everything. Now, these three words makes me extremely uncomfortable because I, along like you, live in a very wealthy city called Vancouver. We know this city is wealth to the max. The car, I personally live in Richmond. Um, and sometimes I, 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 I talk to my wife and I'm like, man, like, I don't get it. Like, do they give out like luxury cars for free or something? We, um, drive by, there's not a day where I don't see like those big brand, like Mercedes, BMW. Those are like mediocre. Like if you really want to get into luxurious world, that's like Lamborghini, Ferraris. And we're not talking about like the hundred or like 200,000 one. We're talking about like half a million dollar vehicle driving through the street. And in my mind, I'm like, wow, our city is so crazy, expensive and wealthy. But that got me really like bothered because I look at the book of Acts and I'm like, Oh my goodness, these disciples sold every property and possessions to give to anyone they had in need. During the COVID-19 season, I was actually thinking with my worship leaders. At Capson, we have all together eight adult worship leaders. And one time I just whipped open Acts and I asked them, hey guys, I want us to calculate right now. What if every, what if every one of us, all eight of us, decided that tomorrow we were going to sell all of our possessions and including all of our asset, including every little item, such as toys that you collect, such as shoes that you have bought, clothing, just sell everything and practice the book of Acts. Guys, I was asking them to give me a value. And then we started coming up with value and then we started adding more and more. Just between eight of us, we calculated a total estimated value of $4 million. I was like, what? That's outrageous, man. There's only eight of us and there's $4 million of value. Now, when you come to think about it, you're like, Andy, like $4 million, you could barely buy a home in Vancouver. 
like a single detached home. I just checked. I just checked if you want a decent home. It's like two point something. And I was like, oh, interesting. But as I was thinking about this with our worship leader, I wonder what that $4 million can do in our world. I wonder what $4 million would do in places like South America, in Africa, in Asia. I wonder what that $4 million would do if other people heard about it. I asked our worship leaders, I was like, hey, if we actually took the book of Acts chapter 2, especially verse 45 serious, if we all sold our possessions, I wonder what your friends who don't know Jesus would say. I wonder what your families would say. And then one, one guy kind of lifted up his hand. He's like, oh man, I live in an Asian family, so my mom would kill me. I'm like, I know. Us too, we're all Asians. But I wonder though, I wonder if the people of God actually practice what the book of Acts said. Start selling their possessions. Guys, don't worry. This is not a sermon about money. And I know that's like one of the most sensitive things because we're all like, oh, let's not talk about money. I preach like about money maybe like two or three times at church and I always hear it. Andy, why do you always talk about money? I'm like, what? That's like two or three times per year. I'm 52 weeks. Are you kidding? But what I'm asking this morning is, church, at times we read scripture and it takes, what, 30 seconds to a minute to read through it. But I wonder what would happen to us if we actually practice what scripture says. I wonder what would happen to our world if our world heard about a bunch of Christians who are so selfless that even in the prize of possession, even in terms of money, we would be willing to sell everything to give to those that were needy. Pay attention to verse 45 because it says they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. And now I know being in our world, we might be like, no, Andy, that's because they had a very simple world back then. There was no complications. People weren't trying to con other people. Um, it's, it's not as simple. We can't just sell stuff today. Plus, half of us, like if we sell stuff, we would have to talk with our parents because my house is tied to my parents' name or like, you know, possessions. I can't just easily sell it on eBay. It takes time, right? By the time I sell some of my stuff, it will take like a year. And then da 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 And the list goes on and on and on. And then, but then that was what happened during our worship leaders meeting. Folks were like, no, no, Andy, like we can't do it. Like, and I, and I was like, and at one point I was so frustrated. Then the middle of my worship leaders meeting, I was just like, stop guys, stop, stop. Let's just admit that you and I actually want to play Christian instead of be Christian. You and I are so comfortable. We're willing to just go to church instead of be the church. That's when everybody stopped. Because you and I both know we're so much more comfortable with going to church coming to a service like this than to actually be 
apostles, than to actually be disciples, than to actually practice what Jesus have taught us to do. And I know it's hard. I know it's hard. This morning, I, this couple of days ago, I sent Doug the topic of today's message. And the message topic says, don't just go to church. You can't go to church. Church was not meant for you to go to like an event. Church was not meant for you to go to as if you're just going to another concert or a sports event. Church was meant for you to be a part of. Church in the first century, in the book of Acts, the disciples, they didn't call it an event or a gathering for you to just go to or attend or to participate in. Church to them was this heart gripping thing. That's why they were willing to sell possessions. That's why they were willing to meet every single day. Imagine if you and I met every single day, we would either fall in love with each other or we would hate each other. We'd go, oh man, it's so annoying. The Lord's love, the fellowship of the believers recorded in the book of Acts, told us they met every day. They were filled with awe and wonders. And the crazy part was when it, when it required them to actually put some skin to what they say, they were actually able to sow property, possessions, give everyone to in need. Every day they continue to meet together. They didn't hate each other. They didn't go, what the, why are you asking him to sell everything? That's because you don't have much. That's why you're selling everything. I have like $10 million of possessions and houses. I believe the book of Acts, the fellowship of the believers, they weren't comparing themselves to each other. They were practicing what Jesus taught them to do. And the crazy thing is, verse 46, they were actually able to do this with sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favors of the people. They were actually able to do this with sincere hearts. Now, we want to pay attention to that key word, which means that, in other words, they weren't faking it. They weren't just doing it because you know what? Andy and Doug just preached a sermon. They told us to do it. So we're going to do it for a week. No, they were moved by the Spirit. They were moved by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit moved them, challenged them, called them. And they went, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'll take that courage and I'll follow what you want me to do, Spirit. But church, part of why I said earlier, we've been so comfortable is because a lot of times I know, I know you and I, we hear God's word. We hear what scripture teaches us supposed to do. But you and I, we go, God, you know what? I hear you, but no thanks. No thanks. That's, that's way too difficult. No, no, no. You want me to break up? No, you want me to break up my boyfriend? Bad relationship? No, but I love him. Or what? We're talking about offering again? What the? I, I gave like a hundred bucks last week. Again? Or like you can come up with a million excuses. And I know that, I know that you can think of it. But I know that you and I often, 
we hear God's word. But then when it doesn't go according to what we want, we go, mm, I'm not sure if that was God. Doug, we need to have a conversation. You know, God spoke to me, but I'm not sure if that's what he said. Um, that, that might be what he said, but I don't think so. No, 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 no. That's not what he's, what he's calling me to go to like be a missionary. No, no, no. That's not me. Like choose somebody else, God. What? You guys need someone to help out with like worship ministry? No, no, no. That's, I'm not that great at singing or playing instruments. Like, even though I have like 10 years of piano skills. No, that was like way back then. That was like 10 years ago. Um, I gave them all back to my piano teacher. Church. I know this sermon's very uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable for you. It's uncomfortable for me to preach. But church, we've, we've really settled. We've really gotten too comfortable. And I purposely chose to sit in my car today. Man, my car, it's, it's crazy. There's leather seats and I, I was moving like this thing front and forward above me. I don't know if you could see, it's a piece of glass that goes from the front to the back. But I chose this seat to give an illustration. Guys, we've, we've gotten way too comfortable going to church. We've gotten way too comfortable going online to Zoom. The church was never meant to be like that. I want us to read the book of Acts. It's because I want us to challenge, to be challenged and think a little deeper. During this COVID-19, maybe God is not calling you to sell everything that you have. But maybe God is calling you, hey, you know what? I know about a neighbor that doesn't have much. Can you buy some groceries put at their, at their doorstep? You know what? If you're going to cook tonight, cook a little bit of extra food. You know, bring it down to your neighbor. Bring it down to brothers and sisters that you know. You know, if you're going to bake cookies, my wife has all the time right now, and she's been baking. One of the things that we do is we go around to her neighborhood, and we start dropping cookies to our neighbors and to brothers and sisters at our church. I know it's not much, but inside those cookies, we write a letter, a card, which I know none of us write cards anymore because we're like, oh man, Andy, you're such a dinosaur. But I remember writing these cards and as as I was writing them, because it takes so long, my hand is not used to it. I had to pause. And then I start praying for people while I'm writing these cards. Church, this morning, I'm not asking you to sell everything that you have, but I'm asking you to reflect upon during this season as we move back into the new normal. Because before you know it, we're going to go back to that comfortability of church, of going to fellowship, of going to service of attending different small groups and things. But church, I really want to challenge you. How can we creatively be Jesus's church, the body of Christ that would encourage one another, that would bring the gospel out to the world? You know, the gospel sometimes is not just about you talking and sharing it. Love in action can become the gospel. I've been seeing a lot more homeless people all over Richmond. I don't know why. 
but maybe that could be an idea. Church, it's time for us to be out of this comfortable seat and actually be the church. Let's pray. God, we confess it's hard to be your church in this day and generation because we have so many distractions. There are so many temptations. The temptation of comfortability. The temptation of settling. But God, help us to become true disciples of Christ. From what I read in the gospel, all of your disciples die. Not, glory, not like beautiful, just peaceful death. But they were willing to give up their whole life, even to death for you. Let alone selling everything that they have. Traveling. I remember Apostle Paul, he was shipwrecked. He was beaten. He's been in prison. And yet he's still like the gospel is what matters. God, I pray, I pray for Lord's Love Church, for churches in Vancouver, for the body of Christ to rise up, to stand together in times like these, when we know that others are in need, that we'll choose to give, we'll choose to love, we'll choose the hard path rather than the easy, uncomfortable path. Spirit, may you speak to us this morning. Don't let me and my words be a distraction. Spirit, would you continue to whisper into the hearts and minds of everyone present this morning? We thank you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.